You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A swing and a long drive. Left center field. Way back to the track. To the ball. Grand slam. The Cardinals Hot Stove League Show is presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Got it. A complete game. Five nothing shutout for Adam Wainwright. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to the first Cardinals Hot Stove League show presented by Ameren of the 2017 calendar year. Alongside Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby. Ben Boyd's our executive producer. Claves, Happy New Year to you, my friend. Happy New Year to you as well. Did everything go well for you so far? Yeah, so far so good. We were over at Bush Stadium uh, to ring in the new year, which is huh. a bit of a change for us with the Winter Classic being held between the Blues and the Chicago Blackhawks, what a great, great weekend and a great, great display uh, of both not just some great hockey and the Blues organization, but the Cardinals and the city of St. Louis. Well, I, I would agree with you, and I think it's a real testament to to the, the Cardinals and the Blues, their organizations coming together. But when you look at what Vicki Bryan and her staff have been able to do in being prepared for major events, uh, I think it made the NHL sleep a lot better once they looked at it and said, wait a minute, they may know what they're doing here. So it was a good good week for sure. Uh, it's great to see baseball and hockey fans come together for such a special event. Well, and the one thing that I heard from everyone, from NHL folks, from the Blackhawks and Blues players, maybe you hadn't been over there, they just said, what a beautiful ballpark, what a great facility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would agree. And you know what, the Cardinals have... Done a really good job. I mean, it's 10 years old, but they've been able to maintain a certain standard of how it's supposed to look. Uh, we've seen some ballparks, and I think about what's going on out in Arizona, how they're letting that thing fall apart out there. I don't think that's going to happen on, on, on the DeWitt watch. You know, after an alumni game, it almost smelled like a playoff celebration in that clubhouse. <laughs> you're, you're right. A couple of cold, frosty Budweiser's being sprayed in the air. At least one or two of them had been distributed in a very good good way. But uh, it, it was a good event. It was really uh, just well-planned, and the results were good, where the alumni won, and as did the St. Louis Blues. All right, well, Bill DeWitt III, Cardinals president, going to join us in our next segment. We'll visit with Gary LaRock coming up in hour number one as well. Clabe saw a survey today on MLB.com as they asked executives all over Major League Baseball who their top pitching prospect and position player prospect was. Fifteen of the 19 executives said Alex Reyes, the top pitching prospect in the game in their eyes. Well, do they include guys that are going to be in the minors? Because if that's the case, he's no longer a prospect. He's for real in what we witnessed. And I think he's a really special player. And You watched him like I did when he got to the big leagues. Uh, he's got such good stuff, but I love his composure. Uh, he didn't really get roughed up too much, and we have to see how he pitches out of trouble. But we did see that in some cases where he had a lot of walks that one night and still found a way to, to get the W. So, he is a, a special player that I would suggest everybody pay close attention to. Yeah, you think about the Cardinals pitching staff with Carlos Martinez, Alex Reyes, with Adam Wainwright, who was battling coming back from the Achilles last year, guys like Michael Waka, Mike Leake, and Lance Lynn, who is now recovered from Tommy John surgery. Lance is going to be with us in hour number two. Looking forward to talking to Lance. Lance uh, splits his time between St. Louis and Jupiter, so... Uh, 
I know he was lurking about during the past week or so, but I'm looking forward to seeing him. But more importantly, Chris, his impact on this rotation is going to be something that they're going to need because his experience, his toughness, and his ability to throw inside. Big year for him, too. Contract year for Lance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll visit in hour number two with John Rudy and also Tony LaRusso. Man, it's always great to see Tony. And great to see Tony every year for the winter warm-up claves for an event, Wine and Whiskers, to kind of kick off the weekend Friday night at the Redbird Club at Bush Stadium that has become a fixture of that great celebration of baseball. As has Tony um, become a fixture you know, he's been gone for five years now, and he still has great impact on this community. And his worthy cause, that be it ARF, has always been supported uh, heavily here in St. Louis, and it won't be any different this week or next week when the winter warm-up begins. And I would suggest to everybody, get for anything winter warm-up-wise, including the Baseball Writers' Dinner, you better hurry up and get your tickets. I would love to stack up resumes, wins, losses, playoffs, World Series, and take any organization and take the last five, six, seven years of a Hall of Fame manager and then the first five, six, seven years of the guy who follows him and see if there's any better duo than Tony La Russa and Mike Matheny. I'm serious, man. I agree with you. I, I, I was just thinking about it as you said it, and I can't think of anyone. It's historic what Mike yeah, has is. done. It really is, and uh, uh, I think it's only going to get better. And to have the success that they have with one Hall of Famer, Tony La Russa, exiting and another surefire Hall of Famer, Albert Pujols, exiting as well, says a lot about the Cardinals organization. They've been consistent, if nothing else, in finding those good players. Yeah, they have. So we've got a huge show coming up for you on this first 2017 edition of the Cardinals Hot Stove League show presented by Ameren. That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Chris Raby. Ben Boyd's our executive producer. We're going to visit with uh, Bill DeWitt III when we come back. We're at Bush Stadium over the weekend for a little hockey. You can get there for some baseball. Five and ten game ticket packs starting at just 79 bucks are available. Get yours today at Cardinals.com. We're back after this the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to the Cardinals Hot Stove League show presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you on the Cardinals Radio Network. And pleasure to be joined by Cardinals President Bill DeWitt III, fresh off a busy weekend and I guess getting ready to hit the ice and, and play a little bit on Sunday. Bill, how are you? I'm good, guys. How's it going? Um, yeah, we're excited to keep doing some of these uh, community events when the ice is still up. Bill, um, I'm not sure if you've ever had a busier January when you think about the Winter Classic. And obviously the big classic is on Sunday with your hockey game. But then the next thing you know, here comes the, the winter warm-up. I mean, there are a lot of fun things happening at Bush Stadium and certainly within Cardinal Nation. Yeah, you're right, Mike. It's um, it's one of those years that's just kind of unique because of this event and um, well, a series of events. And um, the timing of it, like you said, it gets – this is normally like that dead period where, you know, you're kind of waiting for the warm-up to, to give you hope for the spring and now – uh, you know, we'll turn around and the winter warm will be right on us. So um, it, it's, a, it's a fun thing to, to be talking about multiple events and activities at a time of year that normally we don't have them. As far as the weekend goes, Bill, I know so many folks from your organization, from the Blues, from the city, um, from the NHL, all working together to make this happen. Looking back, did anything about the weekend surprise you? Um, was there anything that, that popped up that maybe you hadn't thought of? Because I know that for a lot of us who were envisioning this, hard to kind of envision it until actually the puck dropped for both the alumni game and then the game on Monday. Yeah, I mean, it really kind of went as scripted from an operational standpoint. I guess from just an emotional standpoint, I was um, kind of blown away by, you know, the reaction of some of the players involved. Um, you know, they're professionals and they kind of, you know, have seen this stuff 
a lot. But, you know, just looking at some of their Twitter reactions and, um, you know, reading a little bit about it, um, you know, they were just so excited about it. And um, one of the things I noticed when I was up in, in the rink itself looking around is that when you're playing on the rink at Bush Stadium, you because the boards are a certain height, you don't really see all the space around it. And it really feels like the, the seats are kind of on top of you, almost like in an arena. And just that feeling of having, you know, 40,000 people watching a hockey game must have been pretty overwhelming for those guys in a, in a cool way. Bill, uh, when did it set in for you? I know we talked a little bit at the uh, the alumni game, and when you looked at all the great players that were out there, but when did it actually hit you that this event was taking place in St. Louis at Bush Stadium and it's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime event? I think for me it was, um, you know, right when we were doing all the preliminary stuff during the alumni game and, and Tom and I went out there and, and dropped the puck to kick it off. And, I mean, just the new uniforms and um, that, that great contrast between the the blue-white, the blues-white um, Winter Classic jerseys and then the Blackhawks red <clears throat> jerseys, and they've got great ones too. Um, and all those legends out there. I think that, to me, one of my kids said it reminded them of a video game because the colors were so bright and, you know, the high-def look of it all was so different and unique and and, and it sort of brightened up when the, the game um, started. That was kind of when it hit me that we were doing something really unique and special and really colorful, really. Visiting with Cardinals President Bill DeWitt III. Uh, join Arf and Tony LaRusse at Bush Stadium for an unforgettable evening at Wine & Whiskers on January 13th, a wine and food fundraiser at the Redbird Club. Reserve now at arflife.org. It's pretty amazing. You guys have, have shown now that you can do anything at that ballpark, especially with Ballpark Village now. And I know as you continue with the next phase of Ballpark Village, you can do anything, and, and if folks are going to show up and, and have an appetite for what you're putting on, whether it's obviously Major League Baseball or a concert or soccer or a hockey game, you can do pretty much anything inside Bush Stadium. Yeah, we're pretty proud of that, that you know, how versatile the the, uh, the stadium really is um, for anything. And, and it's not only the big events, but, you know, a million little events throughout the year, whether it's <clears throat> corporate outings or wedding receptions or what have you. And then the Ballpark Village just amplifies all that because anytime we do a big event, um, you can do all the little ones at the uh, at the village or um, even big ones in Fox Live. So, um, you know, it's just we feel like we're in a great spot to be able to do that, and it's just really good for the city because I think it brings people in uh, not only from throughout the region but from out of town, and that's really what the drivers are economically um, <clears throat> for the city is when you get a lot of out-of-town travelers and um, so we'll keep trying to put on events and um, big and small and, and getting people down here. You know, one of the great things about this event, uh, I, I thought, was the way your staff and your crew were able to handle this uh, because you guys have been to more than one rodeo. And I think once the NHL took a look at how you guys have been able to do things, it probably created a little bit more of a comfort level for them knowing that they're dealing with people who have been there before. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten a number of emails and compliments from the NHL, really with my staff, who know, like you said, really how to do this stuff so well. They they were saying things like, you know, this is the the best group we've had to work with and one of the best, you know, the best winter classics ever. ever." And I'm not a 
you know, I'm sure they probably say that to everybody, but um, at least they did not say it. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. <laughs> uh, no, but but they really, we really do have a really professional staff, and uh, and this one was unique because obviously it was the Blues, the Cardinals, and the NHL uh, coming together. So those planning meetings were quite big and complicated. But um, I feel like uh, we're primed and ready to do whatever, and and um, and our group here at the Cardinals is seasoned but also still excited about whatever it is that uh, comes our way next. And uh, who knows, maybe it's football, maybe it's more concerts, uh, maybe it's hockey um, again. But uh, I think, you know, we'll, we'll enjoy this, this period of figuring out what went right and what went wrong and, and, and just fine-tuning it from here on. You know, Bill, I, was, I made the suggestion to Tom Stillman the other day that the way this event was run, the NHL might want to step back and and have every four years perhaps an all-star game in that sort of environment in cities that they know it's going to work, be it St. Louis or Detroit or Chicago or Minnesota. Uh, you won't do it every year, but I think every four years you can probably get away with it and have the sort of success and notoriety that we saw this weekend. Yeah, I think that, you know, these events, because there's so much involved in putting them on, there needs to be some driver that makes it special, whether it's, the scarcity factor and the fact that it might only come around once every 20 years or something, or uh, maybe it's the all-star game, like you said, or something that um, drives it. Because, you know, to go through all that effort and, and the customization really of the rink and the bringing it all in and the ice making and all that, um, you know, you have to be able to sell something out. And, and that's kind of the way we feel about concerts and soccer. There has to be a really good probability of a sellout to, to, to make it all worthwhile. And um, certainly the All-Star Game would do that. But I'd be all in favor of, of it because these things you know, bring people downtown. It gets everybody excited. And it creates a, you know, a hump in the uh, winter schedule that <clears throat> makes that spring come by a little quicker. Cardinals President Bill DeWitt III with us in the Cardinals Hot Stove League show. Uh, I know folks really excited, Bill, to get to winter warm-up in a couple of weeks for a lot of fans. Maybe their first time uh, getting a little taste of Dexter Fowler, your newest addition, and what he's like. He was in last month for his press conference after signing a five-year deal with you guys. What were your first impressions of Dexter, and how do you think he'll fit not just as a player but as a person on your ball club? Well, you've you've sort of hinted at it. We we love him as a fit for this club on a number of different levels. You know, obviously as a leadoff hitter, um, <clears throat> he's he's great on base guy. He's a spark plug in the lineup. He's got some power. Um, very good defensively, um, and, and all those things are things that that we need. And um, so on the field, great fit. Off the field. Um, a guy that um, we've heard about over the years. Um, I know you know the Cubs always talked about as Dexter goes, the Cubs went, and you know um, that's more on the field. But I think off the field, you know, um, just a great guy. I mean, we hear that he's um, he's very you know outspoken in a good way. You know, I think you know sometimes that word's used negatively, but you know we look at it as a positive with him because he wants to be involved in the community. Uh, he's a guy that. Um, Always has been in, involved in the community wherever he's been, and um, you know he's he's sort of coming in with a, um, a a desire to really get into the community aspect of it, and that's all you can really ask. And I think clubhouse wise too, you know he's got a, a, a infectious personality, and I think that'll that'll very much play well in our clubhouse to get guys through you know the long season. Well, Dexter Fowler will be amongst the Cardinals at the winter warm-up. Again, just a couple of weeks, January 14th, 15th, 16th. 
the Hyatt Regency downtown. And, uh, again, you can hop onto the Cardinals website and get an autographed ticket for Dexter and all the guys, and uh, we'll talk plenty about that coming up. And before the winter warm-up, the big game on Sunday, are, are you feeling good about your club now? <laughs> well, yeah, there have been some uh, behind-the-seeds maneuvering ah, okay. to uh, you know try to angle for a little bit more of an edge. It's a uh, it's going to be a mixed bag um, from uh, from Jim Edmonds to Terry Yake as it relates oh, to boy. hockey uh, ability, and I'll let the uh, the, the uh, listeners decide which side of that spectrum those guys are on. Uh, but no, it should be a really a fun time. Obviously, proceeds for charity, and then you know, we've got our pickup game, which will be. People thought the alumni game. Uh, some of the guys were in molasses, skating on molasses in the first period. Well, the, the mannequin challenge up. is what it's called. Yeah, this will be the mannequin challenge. This, this is uh, extra thick molasses on that ice for our guy, our gang. Uh, it should be fun, though. And um, the Blues actually are going to do a skills competition, which will, I think, drive our attendance as well. And then, you know, there's a fire versus police game and uh, a lot of fun stuff down there on Sunday. So we're uh, we're excited about that. And um, I've never played in front of that many people either, so. My my Uh-oh. juice will be flowing. All right. Sure. Hey, 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 Bill, where did the Winter Classic rank compared to some of the other big ball games you've had in that building in terms of ticket requests you got? Oh, as far as tickets, I would say right up there. Um, you know, certainly a top five event, um, you know, if you count a World Series as, as a single wow. entity. Um, <clears throat> because, you know, there, there were just so many aspects to it. The... Um, the Blues had their normal uh, allocation from a, for a home game, uh, but we had an event at our building, and yet we couldn't satisfy all our season holders wow. uh, based on the numbers. So, yeah, there were a lot, but uh, we kind of figured it out, got everybody in who, um, you know, really, really desperately wanted to, or if they, if they didn't, they got on stuff up and got it. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably could have said put down a deposit for a new condo at Ballpark Village, and we'll get you a couple of tickets. You know, who I knows? think that's a great idea, <laughs> I, should, I should have. If you need a marketing job. Well, we'll, we'll put Claves and I down for one each. Bill DeWitt the third. Um, it was such a blast. And, and, again, can't congratulate you guys enough for an incredible weekend that I know uh, we'll all remember for a very, very long time. We'll see you at winter warm-up, and, and can't wait to talk a little more baseball with you soon. Thanks so much for joining us in the Cardinals Hot Stuff League show. Okay, guys. Thanks. Anytime. All right. Thank you to Bill DeWitt. Make your plans to head south this winter and join us, along with Bill and the Cardinals, for sunny skies, warm beaches, and baseball. Packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. Back with Cardinals Director of Player Development, Gary LaRock, next on the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show, presented by by Ameren, alongside Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby, and a pleasure to welcome the Cardinals Director of Player Development, Gary LaRock, to the program. Gary, how are things down in Jupiter, my friend? Things are great. Thank you, Chris and Mike. It's uh, good to be with you. It's, it's such an exciting time of year for Cardinals fans because we get ready for the winter warm-up in a couple of weeks, and we're not just talking about the big league club, as this club has demonstrated over the past uh, in recent history. We're talking about a lot of the young guys, Gary, that, that are certainly going to make an impression. And for a lot of fans, it'll be great to see a lot of them here in St. Louis taking part at the festivities next weekend. Well, they are, and uh, they're looking forward to it. I've, I've had a chance to speak to many of them along the way and it's always a great weekend in St. Louis during the winter warm-up and uh, I'm looking forward to being there and I know they are too. Now Gary for you 
Um, while it is the off season, this is also a time for you to reflect on what you have from a personnel standpoint. And I'm sure you see a lot of your younger players and guys who live in the area coming through the complex. So give me your thoughts on how things unfolded and how things ended for your, your minor league system in 2016. Well, it was a challenging year in many respects. And, and most minor league seasons look back that way, I think, because one is the most important thing is the development aspect of helping your major league team when needed through injuries or promotions and players that move up. We last year had the good fortune of moving up a number of players of which seven are returning this year. And uh, seven players were first time major league players last year that came from the system. Um, Certainly we're proud of that, but we also recognize that when they get there, they have to help us and uh, the production level has to be there. So that's the very first thing that we focus on as a staff is, at the end of the year, we kind of take stock in exactly where we are, what what they have done, and uh, trying to make sure that we help the major league club as needed. Um, obviously, the second thing is that within the minor leagues, uh, we're always gauged and we always take a very strong look at just how the teams have done in, as far as moving players through the system and accelerating players and accelerating their pace because in this market, the sooner they get there and and produce – uh, obviously, that's the goal. Um, and then, then finally, we, we certainly put together a very strong year with five playoff teams and three champions. And that's always something that goes into the development package. And we want our players to know that that's an important aspect to what they do throughout the year from a team concept. So we're proud of the work the staff is doing and the players are doing. And, and we're really looking forward to 2017 to help our big league club and, and get right back at it. We are visiting with Gary LaRock. Don't forget the 59th Annual Baseball Writers' Dinner takes place Sunday, January 17th at the Union Station Hotel in St. Louis. You can be there as the baseball writers honor members of the 1967 World Series champion Cardinals, as well as Carlos Martinez and other members of the 2016 club. Get more information at stlouisbbwaa.com. You know, the postseason success throughout the organization, Gary, is something that, you know, we talked a lot with John Moselock about at the end of the year. What does that say not just about the players that you have in the system, but also the coaches and and, uh, the staff helping with those players' development along the way? Well, we've worked very hard over the years to develop continuity throughout the system, which obviously starts from the big league level down. And we try to remain close with exactly what we have to do fundamentally on the field, Uh, to what the big league club is doing and what they need. And so that's always year to year. We start over every year, and we view it as let's get back at it and and start from the big leagues and push it down through the minor leagues and make sure that the players down here get it all the way down into the lower levels. So, yes, uh, winning is important. We want them to understand that that's a – uh, that's something they have to strive for as a as a team and as an organization. And you know they've done that over the years. It's that's been clear. And but at the end of the day, we're always measured by the players who go to the big leagues and what they do for our major league team. For you, as you've gone through the entire minor league season and also the Arizona Fall League, uh, give me three players that you are certainly looking forward to this year as far as their ascension is concerned. Well, you speak of, uh, Mike, you speak of the Fall League, and and to mention who was there, um, Carson Kelly was there, Paul DeYoung, and Harrison Bader as regulars, and then the, the four pitchers who were there were Austin Gomber, Rowan Wick, Ryan Sheriff, and Corey Littrell. And, and 
it was a very interesting Arizona Fall League. Uh, if you look at it from the standpoint of previous fall leagues for us, that all seven of those players distinguished themselves in one way or another during the fall league season. Carson Kelly uh, had a very good uh, finish to what was a very good year, and as you know, moved up in September, and then continued it in the fall league and hit well and received well in limited catching time, but uh, certainly there to get the quality of bats, and he did. Harrison Bader moved through the system quickly, got into AAA, made it to the Fall League. And then Paul DeYoung has established himself on uh, not only at third base, but also playing some shortstop at the end of the season and then in the Fall League. So he creates more versatility for himself. So, as usual, the Fall League is a wonderful measuring stick, and all the players who went there established themselves well, including Austin Gomber, who was a starter there and did a nice job in the fall league for we played. Our players were in the Glen, uh, Glendale with the Glendale Club, and they did a really good job, as did Rowan Wick, who's in Major League Camp, and our relievers who were there. So it was very productive. Those are some of the kids that have kind of stood out, and uh, I know they're looking forward to this year. I want to go back to Wick for a second, the big Canadian who uh, I know in the minors could hit him as far as anyone when he hit it. I know he had problems with the strikeouts, and then you converted him to a pitcher. Do you see him as a closer down the road compared to a starter? Well, I think the very first thing we do is let them determine that along the way, and then obviously we evaluate it, make the decisions that's best for the Cardinals. But in Rowan's case, uh, doing it in short bursts so far have been the thing that that he's uh, starting to excel at. Um, Getting those innings, it was – really beneficial for him to get innings and get mound work. And we felt going into the bullpen was the best way to do that. And he's only pitched for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He went out to the fall league, did a nice job, and, and he's, he's starting to understand uh, some of the finer points being on the mound as when he was a regular, clearly. And he's done a good job with it. So staying in the bullpen right now provides him a chance to be on the mound um, and, and get the exposure he needs out there. And um, I know he really cherishes that role. He likes to come in uh, so far. What we've seen, he likes to come in when there's pressure situations and he can go right after the hitters. So, so far, it's, uh, it's made, he's made progress with the project here. And uh, uh, I know he's, I spoke to him last week. I know he's anxious for spring training and the invite. Carson Kelly, we'll see him again in big league camp. And you mentioned the success all of last year, getting a call up to the big leagues and then putting together a nice fall league, Gary. How do you guys weigh the opportunity to maybe play every day in the minor leagues, maybe in Memphis, versus the opportunity to be in the big leagues and what he could provide the Cardinals? How do you weigh that in in making a decision on kind of what Carson's path will be this year in the blueprint how to handle him. I imagine kind of a unique case because of his transition to the position a few years ago. Well, it is unique, and Carson would be the first to tell you that the idea that getting to the big leagues and then contributing is the most important thing. He's Without a doubt, he's come through the system quickly, defensively, done a very good job. He was, as you know, last year, the catcher of the year, voted uh, the Gold Glove Award winner for all of baseball in the minor leagues, and that's after only two years of of catching. And this year he added on to his offensive work and really improved again at the higher levels, which is a real mark for him. Um, you know, the idea that in, in any of the thoughts that where will he be this year, the most important thing 
that we recognize is that, in, in, you know, Mo and Mike Matheny and, and the entire group feel as though wherever Carson ends up, it'll be, one, for the benefit of the Cardinals first and foremost, and then, two, we'll certainly take into consideration where his development is. Um, so those things will be added up in spring training very well. But uh, Carson stays focused. One of the great things about how he goes about his work he really stays focused and stays within the moment well. And so uh, we're looking forward to a good start for him wherever he's at in, uh, in preparation for down the road getting the next opportunity. We've got more to come with Gary LaRock. Do not forget Cardinals 5- and 10-game ticket packs start at just $79 and are still available. Get yours today at Cardinals.com. We're back with more with Cardinals Director of Player Development, Gary LaRock, on the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren after this in the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Spending some more time talking Cardinals baseball with Director of Player Development, Gary LaRock. Don't forget you can see a lot of these guys at Winter Warm-Up. The Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up, Saturday, January 14th. Through Monday, January 16th, admission passes still available at cardinals.com slash winter warmup. Passes will go quickly, so order yours soon. Gary, a couple more guys to ask you about. We had Luke Weaver join us on the program a couple of weeks ago. Obviously a huge year for him. Uh, started with injury, incredible numbers at AA, shortstop in AAA, and then he's making his big league debut for the Cardinals at Wrigley Field against the Cubs and had a pretty nice start in the top of the first inning. He caps it off with uh, a wedding just uh, a month ago. So a busy, busy last year for him. What have you heard from Luke this offseason, and what are your impressions of him with the way, not just on the field but off the field, he handled everything that he dealt with over the course of last year? Well, he handled it extremely well. It started in spring training where, uh, Timing-wise, the setback for the hand injury, you know, it took him a month to get back out of the gates and get going again. As it turns out, and as we talked about way back May 1, you know, and we've said this to our minor league players, and I'm sure most of baseball says it along the way, it's, it's not so much how you start off in April or even May, but it's quite frankly where you end up in July and August. In this case, in July and August, he was very good, and then he ended up in the big league. So, to his credit, um, he's prepared well. He's a, a good worker. Um, yes, he went in the off season, and uh, when we I notified, I gave him a call in December to tell him about being pitcher of the year, and he was away on his honeymoon. And uh, he's back. I talked to him the other day. He's actually with a group of players now who are at our rookie career development program um, in Maryland, and uh, he's going through that right now, which is really great. It's a wonderful program provided by Major League Baseball. So he's had a really, really great year, and but he'll be the first to tell you that he just wants to prepare well and be ready for February and March. Let's move on to Anthony Reyes. Uh, we'd heard so much about him, uh, had a chance to watch him. I, Chris and I have seen him on the backfields prior to this past season. He's everything you thought he was, and yet still, Gary, I think there's so much more that he has that he's still trying to realize. Am, am I warm on that on that item? Well, I think, Mike, you're, you're, you're right in, in the respect that most young players, there's just, as you would say, there's more there, and it's just a question of, of time. And one of the things that occurs in the game today is um, moving players quickly. They have to get there. They have to provide and help, and, and certainly they have. I mean, you look at the seven players who moved up, and we needed them to, to help at various times, So which Alex – was ready for, and yet at the same time, he'd be the first to say, I've got a lot to learn with it. And, 
You know, he's got really good composure. Uh, one of the things I noted, and we all noted in the minor leagues, was he didn't get flustered. He always tried to make the next pitch, and it's just a question of pulling that all together. So it does take time, and there's no substitute for that. But uh, he went up, and, and as I say, he showed in flashes exactly what he was capable of. And now we, we're looking forward to the next step from him, which is to be able to repeat that more often. And that's always a challenge for a young player. It's, it's, it never really changes. And it's a question of how quick you get it on the big level, which is in the big leagues where the game play goes real fast. And that's part of the adjustment. So he's doing well with it. He's a fine young man, and we're looking forward to 2017. Are there moments that, that stand out to you over the course of a guy's ascension, Gary, especially with all the hype that, that has been around Alex and, and he seemed to meet every single expectation. I think about that game on, I believe it was a Sunday afternoon in San Francisco in the middle of a playoff race. He went like seven or eight shutout innings. It just seemed like no matter the occasion, no matter the ballpark, no matter the weight of the implications, like so many of the young guys you brought up in the middle of playoff races over the last four or five years, uh, the stage didn't really seem to phase him at all, which I think says a lot about not just him but the organization. Well, it's a wonderful group of uh, of coaches, player development staff, <clears throat> certainly the scouts who sign these players. It all it all ties together, you know, ownership from Mr. DeWitt and then obviously Mo as our general manager and the guy who steers us. And, and, you know, we all pull it together. And so when a young player senses that, I think they recognize the history of the organization and the responsibilities they have. And anything short of getting up there and, and, and doing what needs to be done they do know they've heard it before, and that's important, and that's just part of our history. And uh, Alex certainly handled it to go through a game like you speak of. And for any of our players who've gone up over recent years, that is important. I mean, we, you know, as we tell them, uh, getting there is one thing. Staying there means preparing now. And they've been good about it. The staff is great about it. We're very persistent. But there's a lot of continuity. And the other thing I'd say, too, is, when they get to the big leagues, it takes, you know, Mike and the staff just embrace our young players. It starts in spring training. They spend a lot of time with our young players. It's very helpful because the players feel that that uh, extra sense of confidence, and it starts them on that path. So a lot of things lead to that, and uh, I think our players really have handled it well over the years. Gary, uh, as we wind things up with you, when you look at your organization and your minor leagues, what position are you strongest at at this point, and what's a position that you're still trying to develop to, that will give you the competition that you're looking for? It's a great question, and one that every year we tend to talk about, particularly at the end of the year, um, with our results. And, and, you know, we have felt over the years we've been strongest on the mound in our pitchers and our young pitchers coming up. If you look now, you see an awful lot of young pitchers filtered amongst our top players, our top prospects. It's interesting that we've had a not a not a dramatic shift, but a shift to where some of the regulars are now filtering into that group as well, which creates a little bit more balance. But many of those players are at the lower levels too. So we're, we're as the next wave comes through, you may see some more balance. Whereas Harrison Bader. Carson Kelly and some of the regulars that are up in the upper levels that hopefully contribute here soon, that next wave of regulars below them 
will be coming along, and it, it adds to really what we have in our top prospects. But we've been stronger on the mound, and we've had a very strong pitching program, and we're pleased with that. If you look at the history of our drafts, um, those guys have done well, and we're very pleased with our pitching program. But we can always be better, and we're never satisfied. And I can assure you, in about a month, we start over. And that's how we've always felt. And we're preparing, uh, we've been preparing quite a bit now. And uh, we're, we'll be ready for 2017 and excited to get started. Gary LaRock, we are excited as well and look forward to seeing you next weekend here in St. Louis for the winter warm up. Thanks for joining us on the Hot Stove League Show. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you to Gary LaRock for talking some Cardinals baseball with us. Never know what guys from the organization you'll see this year. So get your tickets, 5 and 10 game Cardinal ticket pack starting at just $79 are still available. Get yours today at cardinals.com. We're back to wrap up our number one of the Cardinals Hot Stuff League Show presented by Ameren after this in the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Wrapping up our number one of the program, the Cardinals 2017 official calendar celebrates the franchise's 125th anniversary and is on sale now throughout the St. Louis metro area, including Bush Stadium, Cardinals Clubhouse, Mall Stores, QT, and area grocery stores, or by calling 345-9000. We'll also give one away right now. We'll give it to the third caller at 314-969-1120. You'll get a Cardinals 2017 official calendar. All right, thank you to Bill DeWitt III and Gary LaRock for joining us in the first hour of the program. Big second hour coming up. We'll visit with John Rooney, Tony LaRussa, and Lance Lynn. That all comes your way in just a bit. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you. It's the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren. One hour in the books, one hour to go. And we're back in a moment with more on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. A swing and a long drive. Left center field. Way back to the track, to the ball. Grand slam. The Cardinals Hot Stove League Show is presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. Got it. A complete game, 5 nothing shutout for Adam Wainwright. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Kicking off Hour 2 of the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show, presented by Amarin Chris Raby, alongside Mike Claiborne on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. And we welcome voice of the Cardinals, John Rooney, to the program. John, how are you? Happy New Year. I'm doing fine and good to be with you, Mr. Raby, Mr. Claiborne, and uh, hope your holiday season was good. And now we're getting to the baseball season here as winter warm up the caravan. We have the writer's dinner. Uh, Matt Holiday will have his last uh, holiday dinner for the Homers for Health folks uh, coming up. On Martin Luther King Day, so we have a lot going on here in the next two weeks. Yeah, you know what, John? We the baseball season is is here, and there's so much buzz that's going to take place here in a bit. But let me run this question by you: As I watch some of the transactions, are you surprised to see so many veteran players that don't have a job on January fourth? I'm really not, Claves, because of um, perhaps the asking price or because of uh, some deficiencies in certain parts of the game. Some of these guys can hit a lot of home runs. They may strike out a lot. They may not play so well in the field, or they may not have a position. Uh, They may carry some baggage with them, uh, and they certainly have a high price tag. As the price tag comes down or the situation seems to link up a little better in some markets over others, then you're going to see these guys sign. But no, not at this point. As we get a little closer to spring training, though, I think that will all work itself out. 
Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne on the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren. John Rooney with us. John, the baseball writer's dinner will be a part of that winter warm-up weekend. We've talked about it. And, you know, Claibs and I were talking in the last hour about the club and the outlook for this year and some of the issues they had last year, base running and defensively. And when you think about the 1967 team that will be honored, I know we've talked about Roger Maris. And even if it wasn't at the height of his career, all of the things that he brought to the ball club and all of the things that he does as well. Is there a player that reminds you of Roger in terms of just knowing where to put the ball, knowing how to do the right things in some of the biggest moments that you've covered over the course of your career? Oh, there have been a few, I'm sure, uh, in, in watching uh, a guy like uh, uh, Robin Ventura, and I'm not comparing them to Roger Maris. There was, there was one Roger Maris, and I heard your interview with Tim McCarver recently where he was talking about the fact that I, I don't think many of the Cardinal teammates knew just how good Roger Maris was. He was so smart in the way he played the game, but he had a great arm. He had a center field type uh, mentality who was great in right field. Uh, he could play any of the outfield positions and, and give you a great ball game and good enough with the bat where Mike Shannon talks about a Roger Maris RBI on hitting a ground ball to the middle infield and getting a run batted in instead of trying to get a, a base hit or, or hit a home run to drive in more than one. If the infield's going to give it to you, take the RBI and help your team. I think Stephen Piscotty might be that kind of player. He's a thinking man's player. Uh, and, and I've uh, covered a few. Kirby Puckett was a very sharp guy. He used to play a very deep outfield, but that was for a good reason. Uh, there might be a single or two drop in front of him, but he had a really good arm, and he could bring the ball back over that center field baggie and take some home runs away. And, and I like the way he approached the game at the plate. Uh, and I'm sure there are many who have uh, been very, very smart. But, you know, Derek Jeter was that kind of player who was uh, good enough to, to look beyond the game. And Albert yeah. Pujols, too. Pujols was very good at uh, sizing up the situation. And all of these guys took some gambles, but they were educated gambles on, on making a play. Do they make some mistakes? They make some, but they don't make many. We are visiting with John Rooney on the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show, presented by Amarin. Do not forget about winter warm-up. It's coming up, John, one of the guys that you'll be able to visit with at Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up, Saturday, January 14th through Monday, January 16th. Admission passes still available at cardinals.com slash winter warm-up. Passes will go quickly, so order your passes soon. John, you know, you mentioned Stephen Piscotty, a guy who transitioned to the outfield and in some respects is probably still transitioning to being an everyday outfielder, doing it at the big league level. One guy who we talked with Gary LaRock in our last hour about is Carson Kelly, a guy who will be on your caravan. We've seen him now over the past few spring trainings as he works to transition to a new position in the big leagues, and he does it at catcher, which is an incredibly tough position, probably the hardest to, to learn at the big league level. What does it take for a player to be able to make that kind of move and, and do it in pro ball? Well, you might be able to see him make that move and catch some and play other positions. Uh, that's the great thing about Carson Kelly, how he is really honing his skills well and has won a minor league gold glove as a catcher. But here's a guy who can play other positions. Um, my good friend John Waffen in Kansas City played some catcher, first base, outfield, was a pretty good base dealer for a tall guy and, and a big, strong guy. And uh, Carson Kelly uh, might be able to uh, help the Cardinals in a lot of other ways uh, while learning to back up Yadier Molina. But you really want him to get his reps down at AAA and continue to improve his skills behind the plate. 
but at some point uh, he might become uh, a valuable part of the team. It just depends on how things shake out with injuries or, or openings or those possibilities at the major league level. But I think he's a good enough athlete that uh, you might see him here sooner than later, but I know they want him to develop and be ready to go. Uh, when that time comes to take over behind the plate from Yadier Molina. Yeah, he's the sort of guy, John, that you don't want to have on the shuttle. When he's here, he's going to be here for good, and, and you might as well make sure he gets as much playing time somewhere because when he shows up here, he's going to be playing a lot. And when you take his numbers uh, away from the ballpark down in Jupiter, he's been a pretty good hitter at the minor yeah. league level. And there have been times where he's really zeroed in on his defense and learning to call a game and, and catch, and I'm sure that took a toll on – some of the batting numbers, but this guy's a pretty good hitter, and he can be a tough out. Uh, he's going to be a very well-rounded player, and and you don't want to rush that too much. Uh, I, I think you want uh, you want him to be ready to go once he does get here, as you mentioned, Claves, and that's a good thing. Hey, John, um, the Hall of Fame balloting um, has been discussed, and this year we'll know who the individuals voted for. And I know MLB has got a little bit of a poll going as far as some of the people they think might go in. Do you have anybody on that list this year that maybe you think it's it's his time? I haven't really looked at the Hall of Fame ballot. Of course, we don't get a chance to vote on one, so I don't look at it that closely, and I kind of follow it uh, from afar. And, and in recent years, I was really happy to see Frank Thomas get in, and uh, and I, I just love to see Lee Smith get in. I, I keep uh, harping on this year after year after year, but that's one guy who should be there who's not. And um, I, I just want the Hall of Fame voters to put the best – players of that era in the Hall of Fame. I, to me, that's what it's all about. Yeah, maybe it takes at some point looking at the number of guys that voters can vote for, because if your ballot's restricted, there are guys that should be getting votes that probably can't because of some of the new guys that come on the ballot every year. And that's true. And then, uh, and then of course, uh, I, I don't know who is doing all the voting now out of the writers and how those ballots are distributed. As I said, I, I follow it closely when the names come out and uh, – and they're honored. And uh, like some other halls of fame, uh, they have a, a huge number going in year by year. The NFL has a pretty good sized class every year. Uh, I don't think it would hurt to add a few more to baseball. And the idea is to have the best of the best. But uh, Jerry Coleman, when we worked the game of the week together on uh, CBS radio a number of years, he was always harping that Joe Gordon should be in. Uh, Joe is. But at the time, he wasn't. And Jerry's contention was it should be for the best players of that era. And for Jerry Coleman, who was a second baseman like Gordon, uh, Jerry said he was the best of his era and was finally recognized accordingly. Should Ken Boyer be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, there's another name from the past for the Cardinals. And in many respects, uh, I think he, he deserves a pretty good shot at it, but he's not there yet. Well, John, we appreciate the time. and know you've been hard at work with preparations for the Baseball Writers' Dinner. Can't wait for that next weekend, as well as the Cardinal Caravans and seeing everyone here in St. Louis for winter warm-up. John, I know you you remember that 60-17. That that will be must-watch, much-listen-to event as far as those guys being at the Diaz. And uh, it's, it's going to be fun for you, I'm sure, but the fans who come out for that event, they're going to get the money's worth. I'm glad you mentioned that, Claves, because the tickets are going pretty fast for that, and people have planned their winters around that event to hear those two panel discussions that Rick Horton will have with the players from the 67 team. And, and I can't wait to hear Bob Gibson tell Tim McCarver, the only thing you know about pitching is you can't hit it. <laughs> Go to stlouisbbwaa.com for more information. That's Sunday, January 17th 
at the Union Station Hotel. John, appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. All right, thank you to John. Tony LaRussa joins us coming up in a moment. Don't forget Cardinals 5 and 10 game ticket packs start at just $79 and are still available. Get yours today. Go to cardinals.com. We're back with Tony LaRussa next on the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. And what a pleasure it is to welcome the Hall of Famer, Tony LaRusso, to the program. He will be in town next week for the winter warm-up. Tony, how are you? Doing great, thank you. You know, it's always great to see you back in town, and it's become a staple of winter warm-up weekend. Wine and Whiskers, it's Friday night, January the 13th, from 5.30 to 8.30 at the Redbird Club uh, in Bush Stadium. It supports ARF. You can go to arflife.org for reservations. Tell folks a little bit about the event, Tony, and, and why it's become so successful and so important to you year after year. We used to put on an uh, a, a entertainment show called Stars for the Rescue at uh, it was the Fox and then later on at the Peabody. And, you know, we used to get real big crowds and a lot of great entertainers. But, you know, there towards the end after I was not managing, it just didn't, it seemed like it was pushing. So we still wanted to have a connection. ARF still has a ton of friends in the St. Louis area, especially for some of the fans that come in for winter warm-up. And so the next thing we thought we'd do is this thing called Wine & Whiskers. It's very informal, and it's been very popular. You know, it's not too expensive at all. And, you know, we get a real nice, you know, several hundred people come in there, and they just, you know, for two or three hours, we just uh, mingle and socialize with each other. And, and you know, usually, you know, Mike Shannon will usually stop by and say hello and a couple of the other guys. So it's just a step down from the big entertainment show, but it's a way to stay connected between uh, ARF and uh, all our friends and that are Cardinal fans and live in St. Louis. Tony, uh, you've been involved with R from day one. Are you still um, amazed at the growth and the interest that it's it's been able to create over the years? Because uh, it, it's now got a life of its own for, for a worthy cause for sure. And I'm sure you didn't know there were that many pet lovers in the world before you got this thing started. No, it's uh, well, next Saturday we're... And, you know, that show, we still do it in California. It's the 26th one. And my wife and I and all our supporters are bored, and we just marvel at the longevity of the staying power, and we keep doing more. You know, we've added programs. We're now reaching out in, in some tough areas in our in our county that aren't serviced very well with animal rescue. Uh, we've been working pets and vets now for into five years. We've got over 400 veterans that we put dogs with. So, no, it's amazing. We, we thought about the day one, and, and never could see that it would be this big, but uh, we get so much support that we're, you know, we're honor bound to, to keep pushing. And the magic is the animals. I mean, they're just they're worth bringing into your home as a family. But the other thing is, they really have a magical effect on on people that have a tough time and up and down the spectrum. So. It's just been incredible, and, and we're still very motivated to keep going. Yeah, you can go to arflife.org to make your reservations, wine and whiskers, and so many great wineries, restaurants will be there. Uh, great sponsors, Purina, Ameren, Missouri, ARC, and uh, Commercial Bank. Again, Friday, January 13th from 530 to 830 at the Redbird Club in Bush Stadium. Tony, we'll get to some baseball in a moment, but we've seen such a strong connection. You know, David Backus with the Blues, other guys with the Cardinals that have really stepped up in this area in St. Louis. For folks that maybe aren't as familiar, why is rescue important? Why is pet adoption important in your eyes now that you've been doing this for more than 25 years with your wife? I think you just take both sides of it. The first side is uh, virtually everybody has a, either a warm spot or a really hot spot in their heart for companion animals, whether they're dogs or cats. I mean, they've been either raised with them or they have family. So 
when you hear, unless somebody gets involved with finding homes for them, how the euthanasia rates uh, and how if you don't use spay and neuter, how many litters are born that are destroyed, that part alone breaks your heart to know these gorgeous uh, potential family members of yours are, are being euthanized every year just because there's too many of them. But on the other side, this is, I think this has really been the pager for our organization. It's just spreading the uh, the word about these are not just somebody uh, animals that you bring in your house and you do them a favor, give them something to eat, maybe you know clean up after them, but they really have a value in what they provide to people. I mean, your family. I mean, everybody feels better. Uh, we've 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 we put them with seniors who are away from their families. We put them with. Uh, people in hospitals. We put in battered women, abused kids. I mean, special needs. I mean, it just the educational programs that are centered around animals are always very effective, and, and, and the, the studies prove that. So, I think the reason is that they're they're valuable, man. I mean, they're they're not just uh, they they add to your life, and then you can save them, and and so you're you're adding to theirs. So it's a, it's a really a beautiful kind of compliment. Visiting with Tony LaRusso, don't forget to make your plans to head south this winter for sunny skies, warm beaches, and Cardinals baseball. Packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. Tony, I want to jump over to the baseball a bit. Uh, The Hall of Fame is just around the corner as far as the election is concerned. Is there anybody on the ballot that maybe doesn't get enough attention as far as you're concerned a guy either you managed against or had as a player well I, you know you, you feel bad when uh, you know when the time is up and they didn't get enough and you know like i know the veterans committee just uh, had harold baines uh who was really my f- first superstar that i was able to be you know, on a team with with the chicago white Sox, and he didn't get the votes but you know you, in the current voting today uh, it'll be interesting uh, it's really still a very exclusive club, man. It's a really tough club to break into, and sometimes you, 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 you know, you, I mean, I look at, uh, you know, they're wondering whether Trevor Hoffman's going to get in, right? Well, you know, I think about Lee Smith, uh, you know, with the numbers he has, you know, so it's, uh, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, the writers are still in charge of it. Uh, I do think that uh, sometimes uh, a guy can have some popularity. And you know, be really good with the media, or or be live live on the East Coast and and uh, play in the Midwest or in the uh, on the West Coast and not get as much publicity, you know, and and you suffer because of it. Uh, so I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I know there's an I saw recently all the articles about you know some of the guys that uh, have had issues with their PED before uh, that you know that, that maybe uh, some kind of softening about people voting. But I'll, I'll tell you one. And, and this is totally different, but I'm gonna, I'll get this out real quick because I just got the advanced copy of a book of one of my, our all-time favorite Cardinals. His name is Rick Ankiel, and he is a, tied for first the most beloved teammate we ever had. He's written a book, and in the book he talks about how he got put on that Mitchell report. He used HGH, right? He used it when he was recovering from his elbow surgery, he used it when it was legal to get a prescription, and still he got put into that report, and that's so totally unfair. And I can remember him going really playing well, and when that came out, it totally embarrassed him. And and I think he had like 069 afterwards for about two weeks. Yeah, I do remember that. You're right. People were yelling yeah. at him from the stands. I mean, so some of that stuff, 
is very unfair. And in Rick's case, it just burns the heck out of a lot of us that uh, he had a tough enough time without listening to stuff that, that he, he doesn't deserve. You know, and it seems like, to me, the thing that stands out, guys, is that there are a number of guys on the ballot who probably should be in already. The voters can only vote for so many, and regardless of whether a guy like Jim Edmonds would ever get in the Hall of Fame, it seems ridiculous to me that he only survived one trip on the ballot. Yeah, well, I, I can't agree with you more. I mean, if you look at, you know, the, the guys who are in the Hall of Fame, uh, Jim played in a very competitive time, absolutely a complete player. Uh, he's got a lot of stats that are Hall of Fame worthy. And he did the other thing that everybody seems to, you know, give points for, and that is at the magic moment, you know, when was, the lights were shining the brightest. I mean, Jim, you could count on him, you know, showing up and, and doing something big, whether it's a play and or a, a hit. So, uh, like I say, I I struggle to uh, to think through it all. You know, it just confuses me, and uh, I just pull for the guys that, uh, you know, that we, that we know, and I just know if you get in, man, it's, uh, it's an incredible honor. And, uh, I don't know what else to say. You miss putting that lineup card down? <laughs> uh, you know, we get a lot. I think I just got a phone with Dunk, you know, and when we left, and I've told, you know, Mike and, uh, you know, Mo and, those, and Bill, man, if we didn't know we had all those 90 throwers coming, I don't know if we'd have left, man. Cause, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, we, we passed baton, and, uh, you know, I, I, I love uh, watching the game and caring about winning and losing, but no, I'm, I don't need any more lineups. Tony LaRussa, again, Wine and Whiskers, Friday, January 13th, 530 to 830 at the Redbird Club in Bush Stadium. Just a great kickoff to winter warm-up weekend. You can check out the entire list of wineries and restaurants that will be a part of supporting ARF's life-saving programs for animals and people. Just 75 bucks for reservations. Go to arflife.org. What a weekend it's going to be, Wine and Whiskers, winter warm-up. That 67 team going to be honored at the Baseball Writers Dinner with so many of those guys in attendance. I hope they make it out from backstage after some of the storytelling. And we may, just can't The wait. sides may be hurting a little yeah. bit after they start last <laughs> laughing. Tony, we just can't wait to see you in St. Louis, man. All right, I look forward to it. It's like coming home, man. Thank you. Thank you to Tony. He's a big part of the franchise's 125th anniversary celebration that is celebrated in the 2017 Cardinals calendar. It's on sale now throughout the St. Louis metro area. Most notable notably at Bush Stadium, Cardinals Clubhouse Mall Stores, QT, and area grocery stores, or by calling 314-345-9000. Lance Lynn joins us next on the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show, presented by Ameren. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. And it was great to see Lance Lynn over at Bush Stadium over the weekend, not for baseball, but watching a hockey game. He joins us now on the program. Lance, how are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, how do you think that hockey rink looked right there, uh, kind of from the pitcher's mound back to about second base, spanning from first to third? What an incredible weekend. I know you were there with some teammates. Uh, what did you make of, of everything going on in downtown St. Louis? Um, I think they did a great job. I mean, the game was awesome, obviously, because the Blues won. And then, uh, you know, the fans were out in full force, and everyone seemed to really enjoy it. And the rain held off long enough for the game to be played, so you can't beat it. You know, Lance, you, you've been in St. Louis long enough, and – uh, the relationship the Blues and the Cardinals have is is a good one. Uh, have you just become a hockey fan because of your time here in St. Louis, or was that something you picked up uh, in your earlier days? Uh, no, I think it's been since I've been in St. Louis. Growing up in uh, Indianapolis, we we had I think we had a minor league team, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal. And then as I've you know more I've been in St. Louis, and the more I spent winters here, I'm able to uh, you know catch up with some of the guys, become friends with some of them, and you know really enjoy being at the games and, and rooting them on. 
A lot of those guys are pretty impressed, Lance, with the facilities. I know a lot of the Blues players are around and are hanging out with you guys over the course of the baseball season as you are over at Scott Trade. But, man, we just kept hearing from players on both the Blues and the Blackhawks how nice Bush Stadium is, the facilities, how great they were, and a lot of the hard work that went into turning that facility into a hockey rink. It was pretty unbelievable to kind of step back. Did did it seem a little strange, so many of the hallways that you walk, all of a sudden it looked like an NHL building? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we, we've been in there working out, uh, watching it kind of slowly uh, get built up. So it was cool. And then to finally see the, you know, the final touch, they did a great job with, with everything and, you know the we have uh, you know great facility there. Uh, they do they did a great job uh, when they built the place. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff for you. So I'm glad they got to enjoy it. Um, but it's also I'm ready for it to get back to where we can use it the way we want to use it. <laughs> I'm sure. Which which brings me to this question. And I'm sure of all the things you've done in your life, nobody's asked you this question as much. How's the rehab going? How are you feeling? The rehab's the rehab's over the way I see it. I, I'm I'm normal. I'm uh, Getting ready to go. I'm not. I have zero uh, zero things I have to worry about. You know, there's nothing um, nothing that I'm really trying to steer clear of. I'm doing everything that I would normally do. Been on my normal throwing program uh, since the uh, start of December, so everything feels great. And I'm looking forward to uh, getting down to Florida at the end of this month after the winter warm up, and you know, getting outside and getting ready to go. I know that you got asked so many questions, Lance, last year at the end of the year when you came back and. You had a lot of success in, you know, pitching in some minor league games. Folks said, well, is there any situation where you could come back at the end of this year? You were very steadfast that as part of a process, you still had a lot of boxes to check. At what point did you feel like, and, and at what point were you and, and the medical staff comfortable to say, you know, the rehab is over, we're ready to go? And, and how has that been knowing, even from a mental standpoint, that you don't have any more boxes to check? Um, I think – uh, for everybody, it was getting into the in the live games um, and having a, a normal five day um, routine uh, as you would during the season uh, to the next rehab start and the ability to bounce back is something that I guess everyone's worried about um, when you're rehabbing. So I was not having any problems with that. Um, every time out, I was I was I was getting stronger. And then when everybody looked at everything and looked where I was at time frame wise and all that. We were right where we were comfortable with. All right, now we can get him extra. We can get him extra couple of weeks off so he can really enjoy his his uh, off season in, in a, as normal as he as he can going into spring training. To where if we had maybe pushed it to being games, we would have had some things maybe not go the way we wanted to. So we were really happy with where everything was and how everything felt after the rehab starts. So let's just shut it down and get it ready to go for uh, next year, so we don't have any setbacks in the off season. Lance, for you, um, sitting around a lot in, in rehabbing, and then you had a chance to go out for a couple of rehab uh, assignments late in the year, What what's the one pitch you're looking forward to cutting loose when this thing starts to become for real? Oh, everyone knows I'm looking forward to cutting cutting the fastball loose and <laughs> seeing, where, seeing where we're at. Uh, but, you know, it's for me, uh, the whole rehab process really gives you a chance to develop that the change up and stuff because that's the only one you really get to throw off speed wise for the first heck i think for the first two or three months of you know actually throwing that's the only other off speed pitcher throw so i'm excited to see how that translates to major league hitters um everyone knows that i pitch off the fastball so if i can you know use that that change up to to get people off my fastball a little bit it'll be a big help and i was very confident with the way the curveball and, and stuff was coming out um, in my rehab so 
getting more of a feel for that and getting more confidence in that through spring is going to be exciting too. But when it's all said and done, I got to have fastball command, and if I have that, I'm gonna be all right. So that's that's the number one number one priority going into spring. So when you visit with the media this year, and they ask you what's working for you, you gonna just stick with your gun, just say fastball, or are you gonna yeah. actually bring up change up this year? No, if I use it, but okay. I don't have to use it. <laughs> Okay. I'm looking forward to this, folks. Lance Lynn with us on the Cardinals Hot Stove League show presented by Ameren and the Cardinals Radio Network. Lance, you look at just what this club, you know, from a pitching standpoint especially, has dealt with over the last couple of years, not having you last year, um, having guys like Marco, Tim Cooney, um, Michael Wachow dealing with injuries last year, Wainwright missing the year before. What does it say about the club that, that despite missing all of those innings in an era where it seems like it can be really, really hard to find pitching. The team has, has still been competitive and has been either making the postseason or like last year, you know, coming down to the final hours of the year. Well, I think it shows you the guys that um, that step in and take over. I remember I think my, my first year starting, I took over for, for Chris Carpenter. I was able to get in 170-something innings when I was supposed to be a reliever. So you see that every year. The next young guy's ready and eager to to get their chance and when and they have the opportunity to do it they're stepping up stepping up to play and getting it done so um that's something that the cardinals have always been great at um done a great job getting guys ready to go in the minor leagues and when they get to the major leagues they're they're able to impact the team right away whether that's offensively or pitching um and you see all that last year with guys coming up and hitting too when, when they got there so I think it just shows you that throughout the years they do a great job getting us ready in the minor league level. So when we get to the big league level, we're not scared and we're ready to go. And if you if you're not scared and and you feel like your confidence is where it's at, you're going to have success. Especially when you're throwing a lot of the guys get to come up and throw to Yachty too. So that helps out quite a bit too. So when you have those two things, it helps a lot. You know, we had Adam on the show, and you know, I he portrayed that he's excited to get you back in the rotation, but I believe, Claves, the first thing he said was that he knocked you out of the clubhouse fantasy football playoffs. Yeah, I think that was a big feather in his cap as far as he was concerned. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of questions on how this whole thing goes down. He's the commissioner. <laughs> Somehow he barely wins by a point or two every week in the playoffs. There's like it's scoring kind of adjustments. Yeah. Sounds like Roger crazy. Goodell. Everything's fine, and then all of a sudden he's up by two points and the game's over, and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> So we have to keep an eye on him. You know what? I think he's going to have to have an outside uh, observer to keep track of this thing for next year. Yeah, we're going to get a real point system or yeah, something Absolutely. Like Lance Lynn with us on the Cardinals Radio Network for another minute. Um, Lance, let's talk uh, about a couple of the additions for you guys as you get ready to head to Jupiter. Obviously, uh, Cecil added uh, about a month or so ago, and then, well, maybe more than that, because Dexter Fowler was introduced in December as uh, the newest member of the Cardinals. You've obviously played against Dexter uh, as he's been in the big leagues now for a while. What do you think he'll bring to the club, both on the field but but also off the field and, and into the clubhouse? Well, you know, on the field you get you get a, a a guy that you pencil in in center field and bat leadoff. So um, when you have that, um, you can't you can't beat that because uh, you know how you're starting the game and you know when you more times than not you look out in the outfield and you got your center fielder is going to be out there and that's exciting and you know we've all seen the way he plays the game. He plays the game with you know a lot of enthusiasm, fun, and you know he's you know it's all he wants to do is he wants to win and and have fun and enjoy the process. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, to have a guy like that, you know, especially, you know, being our spark plug at the leadoff spot. So we're looking forward to that. And then Cecil, the guy who's pitched in the American League East for a long time and had a lot of success with all those big boppers up there. So he's going to be very welcomed in our bullpen, too, when, you know, helping us out wherever he can. 
Well, Lance Lynn, we can't wait to see you at winter warm-up and then down in Jupiter. How have you been spending your time, aside from, you know, throwing the baseball around, especially during rehab? Did you, like, start playing guitar or work on video games or write, like, a comedic screenplay or something? How is Lance Lynn spending his time through rehab and now when he's not on the baseball field? Uh, you know, the, the rehab in Florida, there was, it was more, uh, that was more down there hanging out with the, uh, the daughter, you know, getting pulled around to beaches and all that. So that was fun, you know, getting quality time with her. And then now, now the off season, it's getting yourself ready to go. You know, I had some time off during the summer last year, so I'm, I'm getting, trying to get myself ready to go as much as possible so I can, I can have a good year and help the team win as many ball games as possible. Well, Lance, I know folks are excited to see you guys uh, down at the Hyatt next weekend. We appreciate the time on the Cardinals Hot Stove League show, and, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you next week. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course, a big part of that winter warm-up weekend is the Writers' Dinner, 59th Annual Baseball Writers' Dinner. takes place on Sunday, January 17th at the Union Station Hotel in St. Louis. You can be there as the baseball writers honor members of the 1967 World Series champion Cardinals, as well as Carlos Martinez and other members of the 2016 club. More information at St. Louis BBWAA.com. Thank you to Lance Lynn for joining us. Have to imagine that he'll be in the post-dispatch book, Bush Stadium, a decade of excellence, relived the first 10 years of Bush Stadium, including highlights, photos, memories, and season recaps, maybe fastball recaps from Lance Lynn of each year, available now in the team store and online at the postdispatchstore.com. We're back in a moment. Dan Farrell's going to tell us about some of the great stuff going on around the ballpark. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you. It's the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren. Back after this in the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you on the Cardinals Radio Network. And always a pleasure to have our buddy Dan Farrell from the Cardinals on the program. Dan, Happy New Year. How are you? Thanks, guys. Happy New Year to both of you. You know, baseball season, as we know it, is virtually here because the winter warm-up is the, the kickoff to what we hope is going to be a great 2017 season. Yeah, we always look at it that way. And, and you know, quite frankly, we actually believe uh, that first week in December when we put the ticket packs on sale is a great barometer for us about what the demand is going to look like for the following season. And right now, uh, we're tracking uh, uh, actually a little bit ahead of where we were over the last year or two uh, with the five-game and the ten-game packages. Those five- and ten-game packs, so great because something for everyone, whether it be certain days that you want, if you want to get to uh, opening day, if you want to see the Cubs, if you want to get to weekends, and if you want to get some of the great promo items, Dan, you can go to cardinals.com for those five- and ten-game packs. Yeah, I think the packages, the, the opening day package is, is always the strongest, but so many of our fans that really like to uh, uh, target specific promotions, whether they they go for the jerseys with the uh, jersey pack, the 10-game jersey pack, or the bobbleheads or rings. Uh, You can really uh, get the games that you want. And again, when you buy buy it on the five-game pack program, you're really ending up with a pretty significant discount over what you would pay for those premium games if you just bought the game on on an individual game basis. Dan, before we let you go, Cardinals Caravan heading out uh, the weekend of winter warm-up six states 21 cities 35 current and former players folks can go to cardinals.com slash caravan for more information but how happy are you guys with the way that the caravan has grown you know, I've been with the club for you know since the 80s, and and the caravan were always such a staple of 
of how you we built this franchise in and had continued to focus on the regional nature of our fan base and we just believe so strongly in it that uh, uh, this is the way uh, you get out there uh, into those markets 100 200 miles from from st louis you get to visit with the fans you get to really see the passion of the fans that far away from your home market and it's it's really important and it's a and it's something that we're committed to as you guys know you're all you both you know run a trip yourselves you're the MCs and uh, um, you know for for a trip Mike I see you're in Tennessee and Arkansas and and Chris you're running the trip uh, in southern Indiana and southern Illinois Paducah Kentucky and it's unbelievable when you think about all those markets that make up Cardinal Nation and make up that regional fan base that that helps us draw that three plus million cardinals.com slash caravan for more information on the caravans cardinals.com for all of the five and ten game ticket packs the all-inclusive tickets and so much more. Dan Farrell, Senior Vice President, Sales and Marketing with the Cardinals. We know it's a busy time. Thank you for a couple of minutes. Look forward to seeing everybody down uh, at the winter warm-up next weekend. Thank you guys both. Good to talk to you. Join Arf and Tony LaRussa at Bush Stadium for an unforgettable evening at Wine & Whiskers, January 13th. A wine and food fundraiser at the Redbird Club. Reserve now at arflife.org. We're back to wrap up this edition of the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren after this in the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Getting out of here after another edition of the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren. Don't forget about the 2017 calendar celebrating the franchise's 125th anniversary. On sale now. Get it at Bush Stadium, Cardinals Clubhouse, small stores, area grocery stores, or by calling 345-9000. You can also win one right now. Caller number three at 314-969-1120. Thank you to all of our guests, including Bill DeWitt, Gary LaRock, John Rooney, Tony LaRussa, Lance Lynn, Dan Farrell. Thank you to Mike Claiborne, my co-host, also Ben Boyd, our executive producer. This has been another edition of the Cardinals Hot Stove League Show presented by Ameren. Chris Raby saying have a great night and a happy new year from all of us right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.